We almost got stuck on autoplay there. Almost. <laughs> Fear not, for we are live, coming to you from the hot city of Tucson, Arizona. Another episode of the Let's Talk About It podcast. 24 hours late, actually, but still happening. No, no, no shortage of shows this week. So. Not, not this week. No, you, you, oh. you made an amazing recovery, didn't you? <laughs> I, I did, I did what I could. <laughs> In the span of like 24 hours, right? Because you were still pretty sick yesterday. Oh, yeah. Still a little tiny bit, but not enough that I can't not do stuff now, so. Yeah, like showable. Like yeah. You can, like you can do the show now. Yeah. Whereas yesterday you couldn't. No. Like it just wouldn't have been worth. I mean, we could have had uh, the national coughing podcast of 2020, <laughs> but I didn't want that yet. Did we, did we really want to subject our viewers to that? <laughs> I mean, maybe they would have been obligatory to that, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't have put them through that. I'm just posting everywhere on that we're live today because it's off schedule. Alrighty, sir. Well, yeah. of course, we are at half capacity again. It is, of course, me, Ruben. And me, Pedro. And we are not only a day late, but... About an hour, what, an hour and a half later than our usual showtime as well? Yeah, something like that. But it's because we're busy. Yeah. We're busy eating, moving couches. Big, big boy things to do. Yeah, we are We are all grown adults here. So we, ha we must tend to grown adult things first. But we got some juicy stories for you guys. We got more delayed video games and I'm sure Ruben's gonna cover I didn't ask if you were but I just assumed yes because <laughs> there's a big delay pretty much an hour after we ended last yeah. week's podcast uh -huh. um we got more tech news in the form of biological computation we got graphics cards drama going on more graphics cards drama between NVIDIA and AMD so of course I will gladly break that apart here for you. Um, so with that being said, let's just dive right into it. Um, the, uh, let's see here. The, what should I start with? Let's start, let's start with the biological computation thing. So, uh, about a week ago, this story was reported, uh, but I, I, my, it's still relevant because we didn't talk about it last week, right? Um, there are these new things called Xenobots that were actually... T yeah. Like, uh, alien movie? Franchise, anyone? But anyway, these things called Xenobots um, are actually biological robots um, that were developed uh, here in the United States of America. Um, they're basically... Uh, I think it's a cluster of like 100 frog cells? that are programmed to execute certain commands which is weird um because there's no circuitry involved there's no logic gates there's no uh resistors there's no capacitors there's no transistors involved none of that it's 100 percent purely biological how these robots work um and how do you work they may ask good question it's actually completely done through the editing of the genome uh of these particular frog cells 
so what scientists do is that they gather a ton of different frog cells um, and they kind of sort them out into what these cells may be capable of of like doing right so like certain actions like moving left or moving right uh, or weird things like that so they group these cells up and then they edit the genome so that the cell of all these possibilities of of what these cells can do like movement in a certain direction for example um they edit them down so that it's more likely that they'll stick to one set of actions like moving left or moving right and so once they do that they kind of assemble like once they have them sorted and edited they kind of assemble them into this like 100 cell cluster and then all of a sudden you have an or a multi-cell organism that can execute a command because it's programmed at the genetic level that's wild which is wild yeah like how <laughs> like in terms of traditional computational science right you have uh you know bi yeah binary uh, a yes or a no or one or a zero yeah um and this isn't exactly how these robots function these biological xenobots um but we're getting there so i like this is just the first step right but it's a scary first step <laughs> because to me the first thing that comes to mind is biological warfare yeah uh, I think uh, I, I heard someone else talking about this and they basically oh yeah it was the WAN show from Linus Tech Tips they were talking about this, this exact same thing and they were talking about how easy it would be to wage biological warfare with you know something based off the xenobots where they could poison a water supply basically and have these robots that are programmed to kill you from the inside by like for example causing tumors you right. know like in your body like that's nuts that's absolutely nuts like i i like i have like i thought about it a lot because i've heard this story for about a week now um but is but like what what comes to your mind ruben when you think about what these robots are capable honestly, of. Honestly, the first thing that came to my mind when you told me about this story was honestly that. Like, the damage you can do with it is scary because it, it would be undetectable. Like, there's nothing to stop it. But, on the contrary to that, there's also a lot of good you can do with it. Yeah. For example, like you're saying, they can program it to go in and cause tumors... But um, I'm sure there'd be a way for them to do the opposite. To go in and... Yeah, and kill cancer cells. Yeah. Like, literally strangle them. So, I mean, it's scary, but it could be useful if not in the wrong hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely see that. You know, you know, on the on the good on the the good side of things, you know what I think it could be really useful for hmm. um, traumatic uh, traumatic damage repair. So, like, if someone just like has like a nasty nasty gash, like you know, like we see it in sci-fi movies where like people just spray you know spray like a nasty injury they have and they just like regenerate basically. Yeah. Like this could be that you know like if these cells if if they program you know like human stem cells or something like that right and they just like put it in like a spray you just spray yourself down and like you just have a new patch of skin or like a new set of muscles or even um eventually possibly like a cure towards like something like alzheimer's yeah that too even. the possibilities are endless but right now the, the xenobot cells they don't do much they just <laughs> they literally just like swim around <laughs> go left yeah <laughs> go right go up go down <laughs> don't move at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like of course there's there's i mean I'm, we're not biologists we're not computer scientists either but uh you know the specifics on how how these work and how the you know the the uh, the purposeful mutations work on in in these you know these generation one xenobots the the they're just starting you know the, this just happened last week so i think maybe uh you know 20 years down the road we might see some practical you know applications of this um but for now let's just be glad that they're not trying to kill us with these things 
for now. We may have to worry about that later. Uh, but that's it for the scary bioterrorism story. Uh, <laughs> moving on to something a little uh, more lighthearted, uh, which is the the drama that's going on between. Well, not, it's kind of dramatic. It's kind of not. There's a lot of debating going on, and I'll explain that in a second. But it's uh, between AMD and Nvidia. So uh, context for these stories, right? Uh, back in the beginning of this month, of January of 2020, uh, when CES happened, right, the first week of January, mm-hmm. um, at AMD's presentation, and we covered this in a podcast already, so this is kind of like a refresher, right? At AMD's keynote, uh, their presentation, they announced the their new graphics card, the, R, uh, the RX uh, 5600 XT graphics card. Um, which is like their mid-tier. They marketed it as their like ultimate 1080p gaming graphics card, um, which is dope, right? So they announced it. It's going to have six gigabytes of GDDR memory. Um, the, you know, and and they also announced that it was going to uh, retail for two hundred and seventy-nine dollars. It was a pretty good price spot uh, for a card of the performance that they were touting it to be. Um, they also put it directly competing against the 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 1660 ti mm-hmm. from nvidia because they're the same price bracket like 280 270 dollars for that car right um shortly after uh amd's announcement of that card uh nvidia uh through evga released uh a new card called the rtx 2060 ko edition um, and they announced that they were dropping the price of that card because typically uh, RTX 2060 cards are like $350 MSRP. They announced that they were going to drop it all the way to $299, um, which is $20 more than AMD's RX 5600 XT. Um, so that kind of shook the ground a little bit, and they were just like, you know, like, ooh, like this is a big change. Like, this is, like, this is a big deal. Um, not only did they announce that new, uh, you know, EVGA RTX 2060 KO edition card, but they also dropped the price of every other RTX 2060 card down to 299 as well. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so you can go to NVIDIA's website directly right now, and you can buy a Founders Edition RTX 2060 for 299 <sighs> plus shipping and, and taxes, right? But but still, huge price drop, $50, $50 that's like a 14% price drop which is huge because nvidia never drops their prices yeah um so that happened with nvidia right um so to kind of counteract that uh a day yes one day before the amd's rx5600 xt graphics card shipped out to reviewers um which means like three days before it was shipped out, you know, to be sold in stores or, you know, Newegg and e-tailers and stuff like that, uh, AMD released a new vBIOS for that graphics card um, that basically boosted its performance. Like it, like, it brought up the total power that the card draws from 140 watts to 150 watts, um, and it gave it a nice, you know, boost of power, a nice little overclock. Um, to, to be more competitive with um, with Nvidia's you know the new lower priced RTX 2060s, um, and so the reviews came out uh, Tuesday. That's when the review embargo was lifted, and the general consensus is that the 5600 XT is not an amazing value, but it's a solid card for the price. Like if your if your budget is like peaked absolutely peaked at 280. Uh, you know, plus tax, um, get, you know, get the 5600 XT because it's a solid card. Um, as long as you apply the new vBIOS update that AMD came out for the cards <laughs> because the cards aren't shipping with that update. So you have to get the card, to plug it in your computer, you have to download the vBIOS update for it, update the graphics card BIOS, and then it'll have the performance that's competitive with the RTX 2060. Um, now... The dramatic part about all of this is not only just you know the the fighting between AMD and Nvidia to you know claim that three hundred dollars sweet spot for a graphics card, mm-hmm. but P 
people are mad at AMD that they purposely did not push the card to its absolute limits in the first place. Um, because AMD, um, you know, they, they released that new vBIOS with the, with the boosted performance and the cards still run cool. They still, you know, they still, um, you know, they're, they're stable at that boosted performance. So people are like, what the heck, AMD? Like, why didn't you just ship us a strong card in the beginning? Right. You know, to begin with, like, and just push it to its limits. And it's because they didn't want to make the 5600 XT so strong that it was really close to the next card up in AMD stack, which is the 5700. Um, and now that is the case. So, like, the 5700 and the 5600 XT really close in performance. Like, really, really close. And it's a $50 price difference between the two. So that's tough. Like yeah. that's really really tough. And so people, uh, you know, including myself, I'm not pissed at AMD for it. Um, but that does make me question, uh, you know, how AMD is handling the performance of their cards yeah. and what exactly they're hiding from us in those performances. Um, so, uh, so that's the drama, you know, going on on AMD side. Everyone's kind of mad at AMD for you know for shilling us at a performance. Um, but that doesn't mean Nvidia is, is, you know, that doesn't mean Nvidia is out of the, you know, out of the bag with no drama either. Um, what, what's going on here <laughs> with the RTX twenty sixty uh, side of things is that the the EVGA RTX twenty sixty KO edition cards are not using RTX twenty sixty uh, graphics cores like their dies. Um, they're actually using um, RTX 2080 processing cores um, that did not pass inspection or quality control to be full-fledged 2080 cards. Ooh. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, here, but here's the crazy thing: um, the graphics cores or the die on the card, right, um, is ba essentially a 2080 that didn't pass inspection. Like, you know, some of the cores are broken or there's hardware that just didn't uh, fuse right when they were processing that certain chip. Mm -hmm. um, but it does at least, uh, you know, provide RTX 2060 levels of performance, which is why they're making this card. Um, but here's the funny thing. EVGA, the people that are selling this card, they had no clue that this was the case. They didn't know that they were purchasing, uh, you know, basically broken RTX twenty eighty cores to use for their twenty their new twenty sixty card, until Steve from Gamers Nexus reviewed the card, <laughs> took it apart, saw the labeling on the die itself, and basically said, "EVGA, did you know this?" They were like, "Um, we didn't know. Can you help us test the card?" <laughs> and they did, um, and basically what the testing revealed is that gaming performance. Uh, between the 2060 KO edition cards and a regular 2060 is uh, is about the same, which is expected, right? Um, but the real kicker here is that the RTX 2060 KO edition card um, is up to 48% faster in workload performance. So like things that same things that uh, are like uh, you know video rendering, yeah. um, you know things like SolidWorks if you're if you're working uh, with uh, you know designing uh, machinery um, with CAD things like that the card is up to forty eight percent faster just because it's by nature an RTX twenty eighty core um, that just didn't perform up to twenty eighty standards yeah. Um, just by nature of the of the processing core, which is nuts, which is absolutely nuts to me that like this is going on, <laughs> um, and so I mean this is nuts, but it's also good because this is the first time we've seen really AMD and Nvidia really get at each other's throats for a graphics card, um, especially for this segment, um, and we as consumers we're benefiting from that. You know, if, if we if we're gamers by day or if we're gamers by night and SolidWorks professionals during the day, we can buy an RTX twenty sixty KO edition card and get the best of both worlds and really get the best bang for our buck. Right. Um, or if we are really into overclocking and tweaking and we really just want to play games um, to the best of their ability, we can get the AMD RX fifty six hundred XT card and we can overclock the crap out of that card 
and we can still have a good time. We can support, you know, AMD's rising future to a graphics card dominance that a lot of people have been waiting years and years for now, me included. Um, so, yeah, it's nuts what's going on. I love what's going on right now. I, I, I live for it. That's why I talk about AMD and NVIDIA <laughs> every single week on this <laughs> damn podcast. Um, and it, it's just great. It's just great. And, of course, I'll... I'm going to continue covering this forever and ever until it's, you know, until it's boring for me. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's enough of me rambling. That's all, you know, all, most of the important news that I found in the tech sector this week. Um, so I will pass off the microphone <coughs> to you, Ruben, so you can chime us in in the latest and greatest in gaming news. Alrighty. Well, um, sir, it appears that the year of delays is still in full effect. Yep. We talked about two last week, and we actually have two more this week. <laughs> we have, obviously, one of the bigger games this year, um, Cyberpunk 2077, delayed Yeah. by, let's see, what is it? Five months. Five months. It was months. expected April 16th, and now it won't launch until September 17th Jeez. with them stating that multiplayer probably won't even come till 2021. Oh, I didn't know about that part. The yeah. multiplayer part. Dang. Which, I mean... That's sad. It It is sad, and it's going to affect a lot of people's purchase. Um, probably not mine, just because when I get a game, I prefer to play the story before hopping online anyway. Like, no matter... Even yeah. if it's something is simple as Call of Duty, where everyone goes for online, like, I always yeah. play the story first. Yeah. That's just how I am. It gets you accumulated to the game. Yeah. It gets you a nice feel, you get to know, you know, what weapons or techniques or whatever you like best. Um, but that's a big hit. A lot of people were looking forward to that, and it was gonna come, like, super early in the year. Um, granted, the fact that it's later in the year, I mean, it'll stay fresher in more people's minds. So, I mean, if it if it delivers on the game it's supposed to be, it will be really fresh in everybody's mind around the time it comes to choose for this year's game of the year. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. That may be a good political move right there. Yeah. For delaying it for that time. Um, and then next up, this one just announced a couple days ago. Dying Light 2 has been delayed. Ooh. Yeah. Dying Light 2 has been delayed by, let's see. Let me see if it says exactly how long. I don't believe it did. They were aiming for spring 2020, but unfortunately need more development time. They didn't give a date. However, I know there's a lot of people looking forward to this game as well, myself included. Yeah. Um, did you play the first Dying Light at I all, did not, sir? No, I did not play Dying Light. Oh, man, it was so good. And so many people were looking forward to it. They've they've done a good job at keeping it updated with certain updates. Like, I don't know if you heard recently they actually had a crossover event with Left 4 Dead in the first Yes, Dying Light. I did hear about that. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's an inactive community there's still a lot of people in on it and a lot of people who can't wait to get to that next dying light game so this is all this is another big hit um let's see and then as for delays with the two last week and the two this week that's all i have for delays mm -hmm. yeah so one more thing about the delay that i wanted to point out for cyberpunk um if Cyberpunk comes out the day that they delayed it to, which is September 17th, uh -huh. um, Avengers, the video game, stands absolutely no chance of being successful. Because that comes out September 4th. Psst. And everyone's going to forget about Avengers, the game, and they're just going to jump on Cyberpunk. They're going to have a good week. Yeah. <laughs> to be relevant. So, when they release, they better do it right, or yeah. else it's going to be gone. It's going to be like... It's going to be Anthem it's, all over it's again. Gonna, yeah, or like, um, <laughs> this is still, I mean, this was still a successful game, but Tomb Raider 2 made the mistake of releasing the same night as Fallout 4. Wait, there's a Tomb Raider 2? 
Yeah, isn't that um, isn't that Rise of Tomb Raider? I believe the movie. No, the game, the second Tomb Raider. <laughs> I second, didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, the second Tomb Raider game. Um, let's see. Tomb Ra- is it Tomb Raider two game? Yeah. Yeah, Rise of Tomb Raider. Oh. Re- released the exact same day as um. Fallout, Fallout 4. 4. <laughs> Dude, I had no idea Tomb Raider, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider was a game. Yep. <laughs> that goes to show that what we're talking about is real and it can happen. And it's not like Tomb Raider is a small title. Like, it's been around forever. It's big, yeah, yeah. And the original Tomb Raider is still used a lot to benchmark video cards still because it's a very demanding game. Yeah. That's why, dude, I had no clue. Wow. <laughs> I have been educated today. <laughs> um, Alright, uh, next up we got some PlayStation news. Horizon Zero Dawn is rumored to be coming to PC as well as Ooh. a number of other PlayStation exclusive titles. Really? Yes. Which ones? So far, obviously, Horizon Zero Dawn. And then PlayStation actually did a job listing online where they're looking for to hire for Last of Us 2. The job listing asks for PC, DirectX 12, and NVIDIA experience. Dang. So, we're hopefully it. Last of Us? <laughs> we're getting it. But, I mean, that's... I mean, obviously the job description asks for it, but I'm still kind of like, I don't see it happening as much as I really want it to. Yeah. Because that's such a big title for PlayStation for them to be like, yeah, put it on PC. Yeah, they'd be cannibalizing themselves if they did that. Or they could pull a Rockstar and do a console-only release for like a long time. A year. Like a year, which would be smart if they want to bring it to PC, which we only assume that's what they want to do right now, right? But we all hope that they actually do that. Let's see. Play, yeah, PlayStation. So this story is from PC Gamer uh, by Fraser Brown. It says, PlayStation developer Naughty Dog posted a job listing for graphics programmer recently that has people wondering if Sony is giving up another exclusive. The role is attached to Last of Us Part 2, which has only been announced on PS4, but the requirements and skills section lists several things specific to PC. Um, the new graphics programmer would join Naughty Dog's rendering team and need to have a thorough understanding of current GPU architectures, including NVIDIA experience, experience with DirectX 12, and Vulkan is also desired. Ooh. Um, let's see... So DirectX 12, it's like uh, it's like Nvidia cards are really good at DirectX 12 games, and then Vulkan is an AMD specific API. So it's could be it could be it could be um, very well programmed for both cards. And they're um, they're finding it weird that obviously they're listing these. They listed specifically APIs on a GPU that you obviously won't find in a PlayStation. Yeah. Um, PC programming experience is also listed alongside console experience, making it a bit more um, explicit. Um, so, while it's not confirmed to be coming to PC, we can hope. We have, we have, we have, we know that at least <coughs> it's going to be developed. Yes. Whether or not it's going to hit market is a whole different ball game, but. And how soon at that? Because if it's true and Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PC, um, they pulled a way longer wait than Rockstar because Horizon Zero Dawn is, I want to say, a little over three years old now. Yeah, it's been a while since it came out. And then let's see. I'm literally Googling when Biomutant is going to be released. <laughs> <laughs> Because we don't know. And then... I don't know. I have another short short one that we were actually discussing before we started the show. And that is a zombie survival game, Pandemic Express, which used to cost money, is now free to play on Steam. And basically you play as one of 30 people trying to escape zombies. 
and along in that group of 30 one of you is secretly infected and you're basically just trying to escape alive I just thought I might as well throw it in there since it's used to cost now it's free you know free games are always fun and for those who have epic next week is Farming Simulator 2019. Yeah! <laughs> my favorite simulator. It's a, it's a biggin'. It's like one of the most popular simulator games. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the I, first simulator game I ever heard of. Yeah, I Farming Simulator. don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah, but, uh... Oh, what was, what was that? Oh, yeah, so... The, uh... Pandemic Express. A lot of people are actually kind of mad that it's free to play now. <laughs> as oh, yeah. you can see on Steam. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot of people mad because either they paid for it and it wasn't good, which is why it's free now, or there's people <laughs> who are just salty and want refunds. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's free, so I'm going to download it and try it. You know, I obviously don't always believe reviewers because not everyone has the exact same taste in games. Yeah, yeah, and different different people have different priorities as far as what they want their gaming experience to be, um, and they weigh different categories of a game, you know, heavier than others when it comes to them forming their own opinion on it. So, from the trailers I saw about that game, I'm gonna see if I can try and run it on my PC because the, the graphics don't look too demanding per se. Yeah, it almost looks kind of Team Fortressy. Yeah, it does. It really does with the same like cell shading and stuff like that. Maybe with a little a little more gloss at the top layer of, of each of the graphics but, but yeah interesting nonetheless let's see and then a couple more free games up until Half-Life Alex comes out you can collect Half-Life 1 and 2 for free on Steam as well um and I want to say there's another free game that I was hmm none that I've heard of I didn't hear about the Half-Life series, though. That one was, like, big. That was that was big news. Yeah, I'm gonna have week. to get those, because I haven't played Half-Life. Yeah, I gotta claim them. I gotta claim them, too. I played Source. <laughs> Counter-Strike Source. <laughs> Counter-Strike Source. We need to get CSGO, <coughs> dude. We need to be professional CSGO players. Oh, God. You even have the sniper button on your mouse for that. That can help a ton. Let's see. Alright, so update on Biomutant. THQ Nordic said that the release date was 2019 and it's 2020 now and they still haven't said anything new. I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. <laughs> no! It's gotta happen. If it just... If we don't hear about it for the rest of the year and they're just like, oh, yeah, it's cancelled, that'll be That would be that would devastating. Suck. I would never trust THQ ever again. Ever. And then also... In news, Steam's Lunar New Year sale has begun today. Steam's? Yes. Is there anything good? Have you checked? I haven't checked. I honestly have not checked. I got an update about one of the games on my wish list being on sale, but... I, I haven't gotten anything, <laughs> dude. I don't I, think it was anything too amazing. I think my only wish list game now that I bought Risk of Rain 2, I think it's uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, and that game's literally like $13 now. <laughs> ah, that's the game that went on sale, Dead by Daylight. Dead by... Oh, Omar, you listening to the podcast? I'm not <laughs> going to buy Dead by Daylight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but aside from gaming news, sir, that is pretty much all there was. There's still not a lot going on. It's still pretty early in the year. Yeah. Um, hmm. We have... An additional 26 minutes of kill time. Yeah. We can easily... Well, I don't want to say easily, but we can kill that time because we can talk about LCS because LCS starts this weekend. Um, there are There's a new play format that's happening this season. Um, and we can also talk about our power rankings for the teams and where, they'll, where, where they will rank. Dude, I haven't looked at any of the team standings since. Like, or any of the... <laughs> who's on what because 
Sneaky's not playing, so I just haven't even checked. Yeah, like no interest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that I mean that's the first LCS news item, right? Sneaky's not playing competitively this year. Big oof. Um, big oof. Yes, but I'm excited to see what he does with his stream now that he has more time to focus on it. Um, either he's gonna focus completely on streaming and he's gonna do a great job streaming. Um, or he's going to focus more time into cosplaying. Well, I want to say he still said that he is going to be helping, like, run C9. Because he has part ownership, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yeah, he did post that on his Twitter. Um, which is which is good to see. Um, but I wonder what, what went on. Because he said that there was a couple offers from other teams, but they weren't good enough for him, essentially, is what he said. Um so like I wonder like what happened there. Like if Golden Guardians was like, Come play for us, Nikki, <laughs> we'll give you one million dollars. You know <laughs> That'd be so weird. Can you imagine having part ownership of a team but then playing on another team? Yeah. I wonder <laughs> I wonder if he'd have to sell like his part ownership, that sort of thing. Um but yeah, that'd be that'd be absolutely weird. Um but as far as uh, you know, like new as far as the new format for lcs goes um lcs starts on january 25th which oh two days so two days yeah um with academy starting on 24th um lcs games will be saturdays sundays and mondays so we're gonna have monday night league so we don't have to watch football anymore on <laughs> monday night so you can watch league of legends um and basically the monday night league um it's going to be two marquee LCS matchups. So they're going to put two uh, LCS games on Monday. Um, and those start at 5.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, um, which I don't know how that translates to Arizona time. But still, that's really cool. I'm actually really looking forward to having three straight days of LCS yeah. because I love LCS. I love when the season's live and they're doing stuff like that. Um, Academy games will be Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, and Mondays. It's also going to be very interesting to see what all these pros are going to be doing with set. Yeah, yeah. I, I I personally don't think he's gonna be played competitively. No. Um, no, I don't think so. I think not not consistently. You know, like I don't think he's gonna be their picker ban. Um and he's probably he's gonna be played in the NALCS at least once, I feel. Um who's gonna do it? I don't know. I don't think I could I don't think Licorice from C nine would play it. I don't think Impact from T L would play it. I don't think anyone from like the top teams would play it. To be honest, uh, Broken Blade from TSM, don't think he'll play it. Which is scary because that's when an underdog can potentially, yeah, just destroy, dude. With set, I mean, he's he's a good pick against uh, you know base against uh, tanky frontline picks. Like I could definitely see, like if set was around last season when, um, oh, I forgot who who it was that took Nautilus mid and was just dominating. Ooh, um, I want to say it was Power of Evil. And if they had a set pick against that, like with how much damage <laughs> set does when he ults tanky people, like Boom. that could have changed the course of the whole game. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to say the least. I feel very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's going to be the same as like what happened with Jin. Unreleased, Sneaky played Jin for the first time in NALCS, um, and C9 lost that match, but he proved how strong Jin could be, um, and no one really played him after that. He was played in LCS, but it was like a dime a dozen, you know, like it was it wasn't really played that much. And I think that's gonna what be what happens with Set. Um, there's gonna be certain matches where like you'd be dumb not to take Set yeah. if the enemy has like a frontline, you know, very tanky frontline composition where you can just alt the tank into their own team and then just have the rest of your team just follow up after set and just clean up after that um but who knows we'll see i'm excited to see it um but uh back back to the lcs format um academy rush is a new thing that lcs is doing um those will be the academy games uh they're the academy games that air on fridays at 5 uh, 5 p.m uh, pacific time and it's going to be four academy games played at the same time Ooh. So, like, going on at the same time. Um, and then the fifth and final game is going to be, like, the show match of, of, the, of the night, of the Friday night. So that's going to be pretty cool because then, like, 
I mean, this is wishful thinking, but imagine going into a bar with, like, tons of TVs, right? Like an Applebee's, and yeah. each TV has a different Academy gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can just watch whichever one you want, right? So it's kind of like the same thing that's done, like, with college football or, like, with NFL. I don't, actually, I don't think it's... I don't know if they do that with NFL, but I think they do that with college with college football games. That there'll be four going on at the same time, and then, like, the, the channel will just switch between the college games as, as interesting stuff happens, right? Same thing with the Academy League. Um, it's really cool that I think the LCS is taking more attention towards the, the Academy players um, because Academy, like, nothing ever happened in the Academy. Like, they're, like the, the LCS would show maybe three games of Academy throughout yeah. the whole season and then just left it alone. There's some good talent in Academy. And if the LCS wants to work long, ter- long term, they have to make academy a big deal mm-hmm. because that's where they're going to be getting most of their new lcs talent is going to be from academy well when do we get our uh when do we get our pro player trading cards <laughs> i know right <laughs> i have five bjergsons and a holographic sneaky <laughs> i got i got a rookie sneaky card <laughs> first edition <laughs> it's worth like a thousand dollars on ebay <laughs> so sick I'd, I'd buy them yeah <laughs> i would too <laughs> Just my favorite player. I keep it in my wallet for protection, you know. I like I like rub it every time I'm about to go into a ranked game, just for luck. Um, but uh, but yeah. So those those are like the big the big changes for LCS. Lots more LCS gonna be watchable this season, which I am all for. Um, because Saturday and Sundays only like now we have essentially double that yeah of league games that we can watch. So I'm really really excited. Um. But, uh, but yeah, that's it for the, the formats. We can go on and talk about the teams and where we think the teams will end up as far as rankings go. I'm down. I don't know many of the teams, but I will take a gander. Yeah, I mean, we can Google it real quick. <coughs> um, I'm pretty sure, I'm like fairly sure, that the general consensus for everyone is that Team Liquid will be the champ again this year. Really? For, the, for, for, this, for this split, yeah. Um, and I think so, too. Um, I'm trying to find here just, like, uh, the roster list, um, because I know, like, for, like, the smaller teams, like, uh, for Dignitas that's back in the LCS this season, uh, Evil Geniuses, you know, I don't know, and which is back also in the league scene for the first time since, like, 2012, 2013, um, uh, you know, with that being there, I don't know, I don't know their full rosters, um off the top of my head um so let's see here so let's let's start off with our favorite team cloud nine so um what the heck hold up hold up i don't think this is right because i don't see (laughs) no wait 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 wait. hold up i think i got it that can't be right which one are you looking at i'm looking at the one from dot esports oh yeah that's the one i'm at but this is one month ago I need to find a more a more uh, recent one. If I, let's all right preseason power rankings. The only reason why I think this article that I pulled up isn't accurate is because it doesn't list Licorice as C9's top lane. And I'm pretty sure Licorice is staying as C9's top lane, but I could be wrong. I just don't think I don't I just don't think it's right. Um, alrighty, let's see here. So let's look at Cloud9's roster on. Um, ESTNN, never heard of them before. <laughs> um, but yeah, so alright, so so Cloud9's roster, as listed here Top Lane Licorice, uh, Blabber Jungle, Niski Mid, Sven as ADC, and then Vulcan for support. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this before I chime in? Um, I mean, I have. I have hope for Sven, but. I don't uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's hear your thoughts. <sighs> yeah, so I have I have a handful of thoughts on this team so far. Licorice, solid top laner. Like yeah. like I have no doubts that Licorice is going to be one of the top performers on C9. Um same thing with Blabber. Blabber is an amazing jungler. He proves that he can play under pressure. Uh the one game that he played at Worlds once C9 was eliminated and they still had one game to go, Blabber was a monster. He did really really well. Um, Nisky mid lane. I'm not a big Nisky fan. 
I don't think he has put a lot of work into carrying Cloud9 on his back like Jensen did. Um, which, I mean, it's kind of unfair to compare Niski to Jensen, but at the same time, like, they brought Niski in to replace Jensen. So you have you have to do what that word is, replace, right? Yeah. Um, and I just don't think Niski has lived up to, to, the, to those expectations. Um, but nothing personal against the guy who's just not as good as Jensen, but there's lots of people that are not as good as Jensen, so it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of, right? Um, and then the bot lane, Sven and Vulcan. Um, Sven is a good player. I feel that his time on TSM really shook him, and that's why he was a poor performer on TSM, just because of all the pressure uh, that TSM as a team and as an organization puts on their players. That's no, that's no secret. Um, do I think that he's going to be more laid back on Cloud9? Yes. Do I think this is going to make him a better player? No. <laughs> um, his support, Vulcan. Vulcan's not a bad player. Um, but I don't think Vulcan will play up to Sven's expectations, and it's going to lead Sven to be a diva and to kind of just Do shut his down. Own thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think Sven's excuse before was the team pressure and the atmosphere at TSM. His excuse this season is going to be Vulcan being a support on Cloud9. Uh, but that's just my theory, right? I see Cloud9 being a very middle of the pack team uh, for this uh, for this season. That's my that's my uh, that's my two cents. They're going to be like a fourth or fifth place team, consistently, just off of the roster. Lots of people are predicting they'll be like the number three team. Oh, um, that's completely doable. But do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't think so. Who's going to be the number three team? I don't know. I haven't thought about it that much. I don't have a full roster. You know, I don't have a full power rankings list, so this is just me blabbering. Do you think uh do you think TSM has any better of a chance this year than last year? They were kind of non-existent in my book. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they've been forgotten about for like 2 years at least now. Uh in the LCS, um their roster is Broken Blade top, Dardock jungle, Bjergsen mid, uh Kabe ADC and then Biofrost their support. Um, I think if anyone's going to carry this team, I think it's going to be Biofrost and Kabe. Um, Kabe's an import from EU. Um, he's a solid, solid ADC. Um, Biofrost is an amazing support. Yeah. Um, and I think if you, I think if you give Biofrost the proper motivation, um, he's an amazing, amazing player. And he's proved himself in solo queue time and time again when he plays with double lift and solo queue that uh you know just for one example um that he can be an amazing player and he can show up um so that's what i'm expecting of biofrost and, and kabe their bot lane i don't count on broken blade to carry um bjergsen like he's a good player but i don't count on bjergsen to carry the game as much as he did before just because of meta um and as far as dardock being the jungler dardock has been on pretty much every team in the lcs at this point um, and his behavioral issues are, has, is what has kept them from seeing success. Um, TSM has the resources to reform him, um, but do I see it happening? No, I don't think Dardock is going to be a powerhouse in the TSM uh, squad. I think he's going to do good like in the beginning of the season, but I don't think he's going to consistently be a, you know, a, power, a powerhouse for the team. There's a jungler last season who made a big impact I thought and I'm not seeing him on anybody's roster this year. Who is it? Contracts for Golden Guardians? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think Contracts is playing in LCS. I think he's uh, Academy. Oh really? Yeah, I think he relegated I don't know if he was relegated or he relegated himself to Academy, but I'm pretty sure he's playing on Academy now. Man, I really liked him. Yeah, he was he was a, he was a good talent. He um he did solid when he was on Cloud9. And I was I was sad to see him leave Cloud9. Um, but that was right around the time that franchising happened in the LCS, and you bet your ass that contract made a good paycheck switching from C9 to, you know, the teams that he went to. I think he went straight to Golden Guardians from that, but, yeah, lots of money in contracts pocket. Unfortunately, not, you know, domestic success. <laughs> Golden Guardians were amongst, like, the lowest-ranking teams. <laughs> um, but, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's, uh, in, he's in Academy now. So we'll see you on Fridays. Friday nights. Let's see. What's another what's another team? Is there a team in specific that you want to talk about? Mm. 
I mean, based off all the rosters I'm seeing, I I can definitely see Liquid dominating again. Yeah. Um, for Liquid, though, um, they're not going to have Broxa, their new jungler there, the only change they made this season, um, because of Visa issues. So, yeah. Um, I don't think they've said who's going to be their jungler in the meantime, either. I do know Poe Belter is, like, a strategic coach for Team Liquid, and Poe Belter has been playing jungle in solo queue for a little bit now. So... I would be super hyped to see Poe Belter play jungle for Team Liquid. I don't think he'd do really well. Um, even though Poe Belter's a really smart guy, like he's a really talented player, um, I would not expect great things of him being Team Liquid's interim jungler while Broxa get, gets his visa issues sorted out. Um, actually, fun fact about that too, um, Liquid's uh, I Will Dominate. You know who he is, right? Yeah. Um, he's part of their content creation team, like, and he's a streamer for them. He was actually approached by Team Liquid to play jungle for them while they got Broxa in. Ooh. Um, and he basically, he said, like, no, like, I Will Dominate basically said, no, like, I don't want to, you know, go through all the hoops and jump through the loops to get into back into LCS to play LCS again, uh, just to be, you know, kicked out right when... Uh, right when Broxa comes back in and I understand because he makes a lot of money streaming yeah. and streaming is way more relaxed than playing in the LCS um, so that that was a fun little tidbit that I learned this past week let's see there is one team I want to talk about for sure um, and I, this is a team that I have high hopes for um, but I wouldn't be disappointed if they didn't make it you know top three uh, you know this year um I have high hopes for Evil Geniuses. I was um, going to say them. Yeah, so as far as their roster goes, they have Kumo top, which is C9's uh, academy top laner, um, Svenskeren jungle, uh, Jizuke mid, uh, Bang ADC, and Zazel support. Um, the reason why I have su such high hopes for this team is because they have a strong frame to build upon. Mm -hmm. uh, and that frame being Zazel and support and Sven Skarin. They were teammates on C9 for the longest time. Yeah. Um, and then you also have Kumo, who's you know their top laner, who was the uh, academy top laner. Um, but C9, you know, culture is pretty tight knit. Um, how tight that is between Kumo and Sven Skarin and Kumo and Zazel, I don't know. Um, but those are solid players to base off of. Um, Jazuke is a European mid laner. Um, he was never like a super amazing mid laner in Europe, but nonetheless, if he doesn't even ha he doesn't have to carry the entire team on his back, he just has to not fall behind uh, and be a solid rock for his team. And I believe Sven Skarin can carry. Yeah, like because Sven Skarin's like one of the best junglers in NA. No, no, like no contest. Um, my sore spot in this team is definitely Bang. Um, their ADC. Uh, former SKT T1 world champion Bang. <laughs> um, he's, he's, I don't want to say he's washed up, but he's definitely not performing to the level that everyone was expecting when he came to an A. Yeah. Um, which is sadly the case for a lot of imports, you know, especially Korean imports. We saw that happen with Huni. We saw that happen with Phoenix. We saw that happen with Rainover. Uh, and now we're seeing that with Bang. Uh, just lots of, or, and we saw that happen with Rush too. Um, with a you know with rush on c9 um lots of korean imports that just come here and just don't perform to the level that they were expecting to you know the korean monsters um so if there's a if there's a weak spot on this on this team i definitely think that it's gonna it's gonna be the bot lane bang and zazel um most of it being bang's part um and zazel just kind of following suit because he's he's the support yeah um and if it's not them then i definitely think it's kumo uh, their top laner he's a really good top laner um but as far as playing extended an extended lcs season under that pressure um i just don't think he's gonna fare that well under pressure compared to other any top laners like licorice like impact um i i expect kumo at his worst to perform like huni you know <laughs> like to be a really talented but just you know feed every game uh, for whatever reason, um, but but yeah, I I have high hopes that Evil Geniuses at their peak can reach top three NA. 
I can see that. Under TL, uh, under TL, and, uh, and, uh, you know, maybe Cloud9 or TSM. It's up in the air between those two, but that's my opinion. I think, um, I don't know, I think Dignitas might have a better shot than TSM. Really? You think Dignitas could yeah. be TSM? Maybe. I mean, if TSM doesn't get their shit together, I, I mean, Dignitas has a pretty strong roster. They got Hooney Top, um, Grig, which is TSM's ex-jungler. He's a really good jungler. Uh, Frog and Med, uh, Johnson, ADC, and then Afromu support. Um, from what I have heard, Johnson is, uh, is, has been impressing a lot of people with his, uh, you know, with his play. Uh, he's, he is a rookie, um, but he's been an impressive rookie from what I've heard, you know, league podcasters and people close to the industry say, um, like they're expecting, uh, you know, good things from Johnson. Um, fun thing, funny thing about Johnson, actually, I will dominate, uh, duo queued with him. Um, and they lost all five games together. <laughs> um, and I think Johnson currently has like a 39% win rate <laughs> in solo queue. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that solo queue, solo queue, competitive is a whole different beast. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think Dignitas, uh, they have the, they have the makings of a strong team. It's just that <coughs> between Huni uh Griggs stress problems and uh you know Froggins inconsistency um and Johnson being a newbie and Aframu possibly kind of being burned out um I can I can expect great things of them but again I would not be surprised if they were just like flop yeah if they were just garbage if they were just garbage every single game for the whole season they're either gonna be at the top or all the way at the bottom <laughs> yeah yeah like there's there's no there's no middle ground for Dignitas and I think most of that honestly is on Hooney yeah because <laughs> Hooney's Hooney he's either stomping or he's not or he gets stomped there's no in between for Hooney Let's see here. I don't think there's any other teams that I want to talk about. Um, I think some just like teams to kind of mention real quick. Hundred Thieves. I think they could be really good. Uh, Someday is back in the LCS. He's a solid Korean top laner. Um, not like impact level consistent, but he's strong. Um, he's you know he has his days. Um, they also have Medios as their jungler. Mm -hmm. uh, Cody Sun. One of the best, one of not not the best, but I think one of the most underrated ADCs in the NALCS for sure. That's my, but that's my thoughts on a hundred thieves. Really, um, all the other teams, um, Immortals are back in the LCS. Um, they don't strike it. confidence. In me, they got X Smithy. <laughs> yeah, they got X Smithy, so he's gonna be like the backbone of the team for sure, just mm -hmm. like a solid jungler. Um, they have Soaz from Europe as their top laner, um, returning to competitive play. Um, uh, Soaz has Soaz has historically been a good player, um, but he hasn't been you know a really good player in, in quite some time. So I'm not expecting Soaz to carry the new Immortals roster. I'm glad that the brand is back in the LCS though. Because I remember how hyped Immortals were back when it was I am uh, you know Immortals Hooney and Immortals yeah. Rainover, they went undefeated like for the entire split. They were like sixteen and zero. That was a dominant team, and then they failed to qualify for Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make it to Worlds. Wow. But uh, yeah, I don't expect them to make it to Worlds this uh, this season, but they have a good chance uh, at a uh, you know being a competitive team. Right, sir. I believe that is it for the pro talk. I'm not seeing any other ones that I want to mention. Yeah, I have no other input. So, so is that is that? What do I hear? Is that the end of the podcast that I'm hearing? I believe it is, sir. Yeah, I mean we've been going for you know almost an hour, so I think I think this would be a good a good time to stop and uh, upload everything that we have to to spotify eventually <laughs> get people listening there um oh yeah let, let's go over uh, before we end let's go over our, our uh 
our metrics for our listeners <laughs> not on not on twitch but and uh you know anchor um i'm trying to bring him up here real quick but uh 86% of our listeners are from the united states 4% of our listeners are from sweden 4 4% from canada and 4% from poland it's it's just PewDiePie listening <laughs> i that'd be that'd be great to um, imagine <laughs> The, but we, when we don't get a shout out because he's quit YouTube already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I honestly wonder if these are people just using VPNs to listen to us. I honestly, honestly wonder. Doesn't that is possible? Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking is happening there. Well, I, I know we have at least one listener that's actually from Canada because he's tuned into our stream before. So shout out to that guy if he ever wants to come back. Um, but as far as far as uh let's see here as far as our listenership from different platforms um do we have that i know i just saw that actually our different platforms uh analytics so i think that's really important to point out too um if you guys listen on spotify uh, or if you listen on itunes or you know whatever or on directly through anchor uh if you listen to us at all even our live stream like we definitely appreciate it so for show. Sure. So, uh, yeah, thanks for continuing supporting the podcast by listening to it. We definitely have lots of fun uh, doing this. And even if no one listens, I still have lots of fun uh, yeah, doing this and just talking a, about it. It's a blast. That's why I didn't want to totally pass up this week. So I still yeah. wanted to try and do it because I do have a blast doing this. Yeah. Same, dude. And thanks for, for champing up. And even though you're still sick, still doing the <laughs> podcast. Mad props to you, dude. But yeah, so we'll, we'll play our outro music. Again, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. And we will see you next week. Whoop, whoop.